At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is VEASAN's College Football Betting Podcast. Welcome in, everyone. Another edition of the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. I'm staying true to my word. I'm happy about that. I'm proud of myself. Let me pat myself on the back a little bit. Another conference to break down. Another Power 5 conference And I am fired up, folks, about today's podcast. We're going to go in-depth on the ACC with Bud Elliott from CBS Sports, the Cover 3 podcast. Uh, If you're looking to go in-depth on every Power 5 team, well, make sure you subscribe to the Cover 3 podcast. Bud Elliott does an incredible job. He calls it summer school, and he breaks down with insiders from from his company, uh, CBS Family over there, uh, every single team. So make sure you check that out. He's been doing it. Uh, it feels like every single day. And uh, we're going to break down the ACC with him. We're going to get into some best bets. We're going to go deep in depth on Clemson and Florida State. The two big boys we expect in that conference. Uh, some bet- bettable action. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's a fun pod. Really enjoyed chatting with Bud Elliott. Uh, do follow him on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Bud Elliott 3. He's also a gambler. Hashtag one of us. So uh, he likes to get after it and uh, he likes to bet. So he certainly understands uh, all the lingo and and how to uh, go about betting. So that conversation coming up momentarily. Uh, A little housekeeping here. We are talking ACC. And let's be honest. You know my team that is near and dear to my heart, Notre Dame. They're kind of in no man's land. Are they part of the ACC? Do Do we lump them in with the Big Ten? Well, you know what? We're going to do them in their own episode. We're going to do a bonus episode this week 
talking Notre Dame football. Pete Sampson from The Athletic, my good friend. We're going to break down the Irish in depth. So if you don't want any Notre Dame in your life, well, you know, you can just skip over that. Or actually what you should do, if you don't want to listen to that, just hit play and just like put it to the side while you do your chores, just so you can help out our numbers. Speaking of those numbers, please continue to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Hit that like button or, uh, you know, on, on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're Take you to listen to this. Uh, we will continue to break down Power Five conferences. And uh, last piece of housekeeping before we get to Bud Elliott, just a reminder: the normal voices that you hear on this podcast, along with me, Tim Murray, Adam Burke, Matt Eubens, Wes Reynolds, they will all be a part later on in the summer, breaking down each conference that they write up for our college football betting guide. So uh, make sure you check out that uh, later on in the summer. Uh, those guys are busy, whether it's baseball, golf, or you know, writing up for the uh, NFL guide, which if you're listening to this, you know, it's it's always football season here at VSIN, which is why we're giving you our 2023 NFL guide early, coming out in just a little over a week. June 29th, our NFL betting guide will help you get ahead of the upcoming NFL season, in-depth profiles of every team, including advanced stats, proven betting systems, best bets on season win totals, futures, and props. So become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19 and reserve your copy of the guide or take advantage of our summer kickoff special and get access to everything we do, folks, from now until the Super Bowl for only 175 bucks, and that would include our college football betting guide as well. Sign up today. Head on over to vcin.com slash subscribe. All right, so the housekeeping to the side. Let's get to what you came here to listen to, a breakdown of the ACC with Bud Elliott. And as promised, Bud Elliott, Cover 3 podcast, who uh, he's been teaching me all summer long with his summer school, uh, breaking down each and every Power Five team. It's uh, a must listen wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, make sure to check out the Cover Three podcast. Follow Bud on Twitter at Bud Elliott Three, a man who uh, knows a thing or two about betting. And that is Bud Elliott who joins us right now. Bud, appreciate you jumping on, man. How's the summer treating you? It's it's been been good. It's just been a lot of recruiting camps and going around and and, and seeing coaches and, and seeing the next wave of stars in college football. And I've been busy, but uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, we're, we're breaking down the ACC today, and I, you know, I wanted to bring you on to talk about any conference, but specifically the ACC, knowing your ties with Florida State. And it, let's just start with Florida State there. Um, you know, based off of the odds, I, I grabbed two books. I grabbed DraftKings and I grabbed Circa just to kind of have a, a little bit of a, a differentiator. But uh, Florida State finds themselves as a slight favorite, and I mean ever so slight. You know, plus 165 at DraftKings to plus 175 for Clemson, plus 160 at Circa to plus 180 uh, for Clemson. But Mike Norvell, it's taken some time. It's it's taken some, you know, it feels like uh, different coaches and, and for, for Florida State to fully kind of get in the groove here. So right now, as we sit here in late June, Bud, how would you – define or classify the health of this Florida State program? So I would say that through the transfer portal and, and somewhat through their high school recruiting, uh, they have 
a very deep roster at most spots. It's a more talented roster than they've had in probably about a half decade. Um, I don't know that they have a ton of you know first round type picks on this football team or or, or even top two rounds, which I, I do the blue chip ratio every year. And one thing that's come out of that is like the last four or five national champions have averaged seven first round picks in their two deep, right? Which is kind of nuts to think about. I, if you're thinking about this team from like a national championship type perspective, I, I don't really see it at this point uh, because of, of the lack of maybe super elite talent. But you don't necessarily need that to win the ACC. And I do think that they are, are well equipped to go win the ACC because they have a lot better depth at multiple spots. I mean, they they took a bunch of transfers this offseason who were going to come in and take jobs from existing starters of guys who who won 10 games last year. The the transfer portal, no doubt, has has been huge for them. And I was looking at, you know, 24-7's rankings uh, before we we hit record. And, you know, you know the names or you've seen the names and, and they've been, you know, bringing it in. But just kind of to put the list together of, you know, Cypress, the corner from UVA, uh, Jaheim Bell, the kind of, I don't know if I want to call him just a tight end because he does a little bit of everything, you know, coming from South Carolina. Keon Coleman was a, was a great ad for them late in the process after he hit the transfer portal from Michigan State. Uh, Brandon Fisk, a guy that, you know, I'm a Notre Dame fan, and Notre Dame fans, I think, just assumed, all right, this guy's a Midwest guy. He's from Western Michigan. We'll get him. And he goes to Florida State. So, you know, I think FSU's coaching staff really needs to be commended because they just keep on bringing in talent. and you look at the offensive line and Phil Steele put this in his magazine with a couple of the additions that they've brought to the O line. They have over 200 career starts on their offensive line entering 2023. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. So this is a very veteran football team. Spring was not a lot of teaching. It was a lot of install. It was a lot of scheme. They they really went after it and, and got a lot of stuff done to diversify this offense even more because you're it's not that they're not teaching, but you have a lot of guys who have played a whole lot of football. Jeremiah Byers coming in from UTEP has the potential to be uh, their best offensive lineman. Uh, Bless Harris, who's a guy they took last year in the transfer portal and uh, hurt himself in their opening game of the season, the, the FCS ball game. Um, he's back and I, I expect him to be a starter at tackle. So if you're factoring that kind of stuff, like he played 54 snaps last year. And came from you know from D two, but they they think they have a real hit in him. So it might be, might be even deeper than, than Phil Steele realizes when you factor in a, a presumed starter like Bless Harris. That this is the best offensive line they've had in probably a decade. So, Bud, when you look at Florida State, their win total sitting at ten, uh, as is Clemson. We'll get to the Tigers here shortly. Uh, depending on where you look, juices. It, it's it's more skewed toward the under. Uh, I think 10 is probably the right number uh, based off of they have two games where in look-ahead lines, they are an underdog. They're about a field goal underdog against LSU on a neutral in Orlando to open up the season, which is arguably the biggest game of the season or top five, however you want to classify it. And then they put, go to Clemson uh, in, uh, in, in late September, September 23rd. Outside of that, they're going to be a favorite in every game barring you know catastrophic injuries couple look ahead lines they're you know a 16 and a half point favorite against Miami uh on November 11th they're a nine and a half point favorite against Florida so when you look at Florida State 
over under on 10 wins plus 165 is is a, around the range you'll find for them to win the ACC uh either one of those in your opinion worth a bet at this point in time I I really don't don't think so honestly I I, I have them right about that number of 10 I, I agree with you small dogs uh in those two ball games I think the real key here is most of the rest of the ACC I do think is somewhat down. Um, so if this team plays to its potential, it, it should win, you know, somewhere between what eight and 12 ball games, which is too big of a range. But, but if, if you're running your Sims, mm-hmm. that, that those are kind of the numbers that are going to come up most often. I, I can understand why people would not want to bet over here because let's say that they're maybe a field goal worse than you project. They lose LSU, they lose Clemson and they're bummed on the rest of the year. Right. The one thing I would caution with that is because divisions have gone away, if that Clemson game had been played in prior years, if you lose that, you're basically out of the ACC title race because you need Clemson to lose twice. Because divisions have gone away, there's a, a real likelihood that you you will rematch Clemson in the ACC championship game, win or lose in that uh, that September 23rd game at Clemson. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a really key point that people need to know, especially as we kind of go further into betting college football. And we talked about it when we previewed uh, the Big 12 and the Big 10 come next year. They will get rid of divisions. And I think that's really important to note, uh, especially in the ACC, because, you know, not that long ago, heck, what, you know, prior to the COVID season, bud, you would try to take a flyer on a, a UVA or a Duke or someone like that because, hey, if they could come out of that side, we can hedge off of a, a 20 to 1, a 15 to 1, uh, while we probably have to lay a pretty big number on you know, Clemson in the ACC championship, we can you know, ensure we have some profit. So, yeah, I think that's a really important note when you look at Florida State. Well, you know, they, if they lost to Clemson and LSU, they still have everything in front of them. They don't have Louisville. They don't have North Carolina. They don't have NC State on the roster. Uh, or excuse me, on the schedule, you know, road trip to Pitt we can get to. Uh, before we get to Clemson, bud, how stunned would you be first weekend of December if Clemson and Florida State aren't rematching in the ACC championship? Uh, stunned is probably strong. Uh, North Carolina still has Drake May. Louisville still has an absolute joke of an ACC schedule. Yes, um, Miami still has has talent. So I, stunned, I, I wouldn't be stunned. I would be... I guess somewhat surprised if, if those two teams are, are, are not rematching uh, because they also don't have that difficult of ACC schedules other than the fact they do have to play each other. So, so somebody's come out of that game with a loss, but I, right now, like it's, it's those two. And then I, I do think a, I think a decent gap between them and the rest of the ACC. I'm going to circle back to, you know, some futures markets, the Heisman, Oh, I did take a, a future on FSU, by the way. Uh, this is this is past posting as heck, but um, uh, Portnoy hung a hundred to one on oh. FSU for, the, for for the national title wow. back in uh, back in February. So I, I I took and took and took on that. Yeah, uh, you, you got it until they pulled it. You got to <laughs> take that. I mean, it's 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 right now at circa eighteen to one. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> yeah. If if you're getting a hundred to one on a team that look, I mean, if they beat LSU. Even if they lose to Clemson, I mean they're in the driver's seat to to make it to the playoff. And if you're sitting with a hundred to one at any point on any team to make you know in the playoff, you, you're, you're making some cash. So uh, yeah, you definitely got to take that. 
Um, so I'll circle back to some some futures odds here momentarily, but let's get to Clemson because I think this is a team that, you know, in the eyes of what they have been, but they have kind of fallen off a little bit. And that's insane expectations every year from a team that's won national championships. You know, they're the opposite of, of some teams in this conference. When you look at Louisville bringing in like 25 guys in the portal and Florida State being, you know, top five in the portal based off of rankings at 247, Clemson doesn't do the portal game. But they went out and they did something that that made uh, – that made Dabo probably feel a little uncomfortable. He went outside the family, right? He got Garrett Riley to come in to be his OC, which many people didn't believe he would ever do to kind of make this outside hire. So, you know, while they don't go portaling, I thought the addition of Garrett Riley was something a bit surprising and something of a bit of a necessity. What type of, uh, how much of an upgrade do you give them now that they feel like they've come into the 21st century with, uh, with the, with a ex- excellent play caller in Garrett Riley, I, I think if you combine all, all, all the factors, uh, potentially better receiver health, quarterback returning, and some quarterback certainty with with, with Kate Klubnick getting Garrett Riley, I'm I'm bumping them at least a field goal on offense, right? Which I mean, like to me that, that that's a fairly uh, a fairly large bump for a team that already had an offense that you know, was kind of what top. 50 top 40 if you adjust for opponent so somewhere in there like like people think their offense was terrible and it certainly was not as good as, as the, the Trevor Lawrence or, or Deshaun days but it wasn't down there in like the 90s if you use any kind of opponent adjusted stuff so I'm, I'm giving them a bump of of at least a field goal maybe more uh, I do think that they will be better on offense uh, Antonio Williams is receiver to watch for them I I like their back combo uh, in, in Phil Maffa and, and Will Shipley offensive line I think they should be pretty decent i mean they lose jordan mcfadden but everybody else who played like any snaps is back for them i i think they, they will be better right and they like some of their guys got honorable mention acc third team all ACC, which okay maybe, maybe that's not super special because acc is not a great league but i i i mean garrett riley it's hard for me to see them being incompetent right and last year at times it looked like they really just didn't have their stuff together the bread and butter for this Clemson program, yes, they've had Deshaun Watson, they've had Trevor Lawrence, two guys that went top 10 and Trevor Lawrence went number one. But the bread and butter really for the last however many years, especially when you know Brent Venables was there, was was especially the defensive line. Now you could say the whole defense as a core, but the defensive line, uh, their last national championship was, was rotating just first rounders everywhere. Um, when you look at the D-line this year, Tyler Davis is back. Is that the strength of this team, Bud, in 2023 again? Is it the D-line? I, I think it's in part yes, but also in part no. Okay. Uh, I, I the, the defensive interior, I think, will be really, really good with, with, with Tyler Davis and, and, and Ruke. Um, you know, they, they still have Peyton Page, who I, I think is a, a strong three for them. Demonte Capehart, Trey Williams. They, they signed a guy named Peter Woods, who uh, I, I think will be an immediate uh, – impactful rotation guy on the interior but on the edges i i do have some questions they, they lose kj henry they lose miles murphy both those guys were, were, were draft picks and i think murphy went first round um and they lose kevin swint who wasn't amazing but you're relying on like justin maskell and xavier thomas to maybe stay healthy and 
hoping that some of these young guys can step up. And and from the reports we got out of spring, uh, it, it hasn't happened yet necessarily. So I, I do project a, a pass rushing drop off for Clemson uh, from that edge position. But I think they'll be extremely strong on the interior. What do you make of Wes Goodwin? Defense coordinator took over for Brent Venables. He was that, you know, that inside hire that, that Dabo kind of always seems to rely on. You know, last year, I, I remember you talking about it and others talking about it, just how people raved about him. It's his job now. He enters year two since Venables left. What did you make of year one of Wes Goodwin? And are, are you expecting, how are you expecting him to, to grow as a defensive coordinator? Well, there, there was certainly a drop-off, uh, no doubt, from, from what they did under Venables to, to Goodwin. But I mean, Venables respects Goodwin a ton. I, I had guys in those meeting rooms tell me that Venables would basically not ignore the other coaches, that that's too strong, but he would sort of like talk across the room to pick Goodwin's brain. And it was clear that those two had, had a, like a higher-level connection as far as their uh, defensive intellect which I thought was kind of interesting, right? And it, so when, when Dabo made that in-house hire, I was like, okay, I'm sure Dabo sees uh, what what I have been told as, as far as Venable's level of respect for Goodwin. When Clemson struggled last year, I do think a good bit of it came down to some of these true freshmen uh, or you know yearly young guys in the secondary. They had quite a few injuries in that stretch where they gave, gave a bunch of points and Basically, everybody in the secondary is back. So you're largely betting on more experience leading to fewer mistakes here. I think they should be much better in the back end. Bud, let's get to the quarterback. Cade Klubnick takes over. It's his team now. And uh, (laughs) I remember uh, watching the Georgia Tech opener last year, and Klubnick comes in in a, a meaningless situation. He looks the part. Everyone's losing their minds, and he's going to take over for DJ. And, uh, you know, some dummy out there, me, took a 100-to-1 flyer on him to win the Heisman Trophy that particular night. Obviously, he doesn't take the job until much later, the ACC championship game. But now it's his. It is his job. DJ is off to Oregon State. And, you know, it's it's his moving forward here. So, um, you know, there's there's been some buzz. You can get him as high as 22-to-1 to win the Heisman Trophy. New offensive coordinator, uh, as you mentioned, to be some health and stability at the the wide receiver position. So, how do you look at Cade Klubnick entering this year? Is you're a guy that, as as well as anybody out there, right? You go to Elite Elevens, you you see and you follow recruiting as close as anybody. He was a five star. What do you expect from Cade Klubnick this year with with the reins being fully his? Yeah, I, I, in fact, I, I think he will be really good for them. Um, last year, if you look at it in limited sample, right? Hundred and I don't, I don't hate a hundred to one ticket based on a five star popping in and, and, and looking really good against Georgia Tech. It, his touchdown interception rate was was poor. I mean, two to three, obviously. But if you look under under the hood a little bit, fifty two percent success rate is quite strong. Sixty one percent completions. Guy with a lot of mobility, not like a crazy runner, but but he can move around in the pocket pretty well. I, I think he fits what Garrett Riley wants to do quite well if if the receivers step up and, and they've had some receiver problems in, in recent years certainly compared to where they've been you know maybe four or five years ago uh, I think he could have a big year for them the guy avoids sacks fairly well and that's that's kind of a sticky stat year to year typically even you know when you account for pressure rate I I think he has a real chance you know when you look at the schedule bud uh, right now Clemson is a favorite in in their game of the year markets in every game 
Um, and that, you know, doesn't account some Georgia Tech games, et cetera. But they're a favorite against Duke, the season opener uh, at Wallace Wade. as a Monday nighter. They're an 11 and a half point favorite. Uh, we talked about the Florida State game right now. In some look-ahead markets, they're two-and-a-half-point favorite there. Uh, they're at Miami, 10-point favorite there. At NC State, 10-and-a-half. Notre Dame, they get at home, four-and-a-half-point favorite there. Home to UNC. And then the revenge spot from last year where they lost to South Carolina at home, uh, they're currently a six-and-a-half-point favorite. But, you know, their win totals the same at Florida State. And I think some people may be saying, well, they're a favorite in every game. The caution I would say about that is just reading that schedule – there are some landmines out there. Well, Bud, they they may be a favorite in all of those games. I mean, a bunch of them, three of them are under a touchdown. You know, all seven of those games are, are under two touchdowns. So the win total being at 10, I expect Clemson to have a, a bit of a bounce back year, even though they did win the ACC, which is kind of crazy to say, hey, bounce back year for a team who won the ACC. But uh, I, I'm a believer in Klubnik, but I'll circle back to, I don't really want to play a, an over 10 win total because I, I do see some tricky spots on that schedule. I, I, I would completely agree with you on that. They, they do have uh, you know fewer games that, that are just automatics. I, I expect them to beat Duke in the opener, and I know there's a lot of love for, Duke, for Duke's quarterback. The next two are, are, are games that they're going to win. They're not going to lose to FAU. They're not going to lose Charleston Southern. FSU is is – Kind of a toss-up, right? What is that, a, a two-point, three-point game or something yep. in Vegas right now, I would assume. Now, at Syracuse, Syracuse lost five draft picks. When's the last time that happened? Do we think that they're set up to repeat that? I would guess probably no. You know, Wake lost an awful lot, and that game is in Death Valley. Miami? Like, we don't really know on Miami yet. They're, they're a real wild card that you kind of got to try to handle uh, when you're handicapping the ACC this year. Like, at NC State is a tough place to play, and then they have to go Notre Dame. I'm just kind of reading the schedule back to you yeah. here, which is not not great podcast. Yeah, apologies. They also have to play Drake May, right? And then like at South Carolina, and I'm not high on South Carolina this year at all. Uh, but that's that's not an easy place to play. So I, I agree with you. I, if I had to play something, I I would lean to the under. I, I haven't played it yet, but uh, I, you know we'll we'll see what what else we get at August practice reports. But I I agree. Like they're they're a team that they're favored in all their games. But if they're like a field goal worse than, than we think, that, that could flip quite a bit. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, you get a bye going into the Miami game, but could Miami be better? We'll get to Miami here shortly. They do not get Louisville or Pitt. Once again, theme, as Bud, you alluded to, Louisville's got a pretty manageable not, uh, conference schedule. So we'll, uh, we'll talk about the Cardinals here in just a moment. But uh, real quickly, I'm going to run through a couple of the odds, Heisman, title odds, and then to make the CFP. So uh, Cade Klubnick, you can find him at DraftKings 22-1, to 1. Drake May 15-1, to 1. Jordan Travis, the buzz on Jordan Travis, whoo, buddy, 10-1 to 1. at some shops, but he is the second favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. So we'll start with Jordan Travis, who you've seen up close and personal a lot. Uh, I love the story, just kind of persevering all the way through down there at Florida State, and, and here he is as the guy. Uh, I like him as a player, but, man, 10-1 to 1 preseason to win the Heisman Trophy, that's a bit rich for my blood. Of those three, if I were to make a play, uh, it would be Cade Klubnik because – Agreed. You yeah. know, it's it's longest odds, but it's not just based off of the longest odds, right? But I, I think you've got a new offense – um, you know, people might be just a little bit down on Clemson. And I think the hype train on Drake may because of where he'll go in the draft next year 
and Jordan Travis because of Florida State and, and the belief that they could win a national title. I, I think Cade Klubnick, I don't want to say buy low, but if you're getting a preseason, what, top 15, top 10 team, and their starting quarterback at 22 to one, I, I think Klubnick of those three would be the one to go. I agree with you if I had to play that. Also, and this is sort of narrative-based, and I don't know how, how exactly you put a number on this, but it is something I look at. Florida State schedule after September. Vatek, Vatek, Cuse, Duke, Wake Forest, Pitt, Miami, which they could be terrible by then, they could be good by then, who knows, North Alabama at Florida. All right. Now look, because it's the ACC and ESPN has to get some value out of that ACC deal, they're going to put a couple of those games on primetime. Maybe ESPN two, maybe you know, whatever. But that's not a lot of like marquee matchups that people are going to watch. So I'm kind of like like he has to kill it early against LSU and Clemson if he wants to win this thing. I I, I think because people will they'll look at the stats, but how many of those games is it going to be pulled early in? Probably three or four. Well, and to your point, let's look at Clemson's end of the schedule. They're November. Notre right. Dame, primetime, ABC, that's already been announced. I know primetime hasn't been announced, but it will be. It's on, on ABC, so that's a big game. Georgia Tech, fine. They're out of sight, out of mind. Drake May in North Carolina. At South Carolina, which, to your point, South Carolina was, was better last year. And then the ACC Championship. So, to your point, I think with Cade Klubnick, you're kind of getting more of that potential rise, uh, especially late into the season, as opposed to you know, with Jordan Travis, you're, you're buying at what feels already like, like kind of like the peak of the market in June, as opposed to getting 10 to one after they beat LSU. Totally agree. Yeah. I, I just, it feels like, like, like the market is, is understanding that Jordan Travis is a really good college quarterback, but wh- where's, where's the upside there for that? So let's get to uh North Carolina. Um, this is a team that that's got a lot of preseason hype because of the guy we were just speaking of Drake may uh, he, I don't know the numbers, but I just know what I was hearing, uh, you know, and, and the scuttlebutt was there was a lot of dollars being thrown at Drake May to leave North Carolina. He stays, uh, which is a, a big coup for for UNC and, you know, good for college football. They get a great game to open the season. I, I'm excited to see them play UNC or excuse me, South Carolina out of the shoot. But let's start offensively first. They lose Phil Longo. He goes to Wisconsin, and Chip Lindsey comes in to take over the offense. Uh, I know, I, I think I heard, and maybe you could speak more to this, but I think Drake May had some involvement in the in the hiring of Chip Lindsey coming from UCF. Uh, but what do you make of the change uh, of offensive coordinator for UNC, and, and could that be a, a big loss, a medium loss, no loss at all? How do you look at the, the change at an offense coordinator? I think it could be a, a decent loss in terms of overall points scored because I, I don't think Lindsey will run quite the breakneck tempo uh, that Phil Longo ran. In terms of efficiency, I would say it's probably a, a smaller drop-off, right? Longo is one of those offenses where they do score a lot of points, but also some of it is inflated because they are playing you know these 14, 15 possession games due to the tempo. So I would say... You know, if if you if you adjust for the tempo, the efficiency drop off is probably not probably uh, not enormous, right? There are some other losses they have on offense, and I know we'll get to, but I I, I dropped it a little bit because I don't think Chip Lindsey's as good as Phil Longo is, uh, but I guess he's good enough for Drake May. When you look at the schedule and their win total, 
eight and a half or eight, depending on where you look, eight and a half at DraftKings, eight at Circa. So they open neutral site against South Carolina, prime time, uh, really great opportunity for Drake May there in, you know, what is, what may be the best game on that Saturday of opening weekend. They do have to go to Pitt. They do have to go to Clemson. They do have to go to NC State. They avoid Florida State. Um, you know, and, and this, look, this is a betting podcast, but we're not just going to fire out plays. Like, you know, this isn't a team that I'm racing to play and over. If anything, I'd maybe look under eight and a half because Minnesota is kind of a weird, tricky game there. September 16th, uh, you know, bringing in the Golden Gophers. They do get Miami. Um, you know, the middle of the schedule in October is pretty soft with Virginia, Georgia Tech, Campbell, and and then Duke. But, you know, close out the season at Clemson, at NC State, that's uh, that's no easy feat there for, for UNC. And I, I do always wonder if things start to go a little bit south and you've got this quarterback who may be the number one overall pick, you know, how, how, how do things, do they, do they crumble at all? So I, I'm curious how the season kind of all plays out when you've got this mega talent at quarterback, if things start to go south and there's no chance at, you know, winning the conference or, or something like that. Completely agree. There's also no guarantee that they play passable defense. They have not yeah. done so in the last two years. Right. So he'll put up insane numbers, but yeah, like, like what, what if he's getting beat up? Right. What if they're, they're always trailing, he's having to chuck it all the time. Uh, there are some alternate win totals out there now at very, at, well, not various books. I've only seen one book. Have you seen multiple books with uh, alternate win totals? Can I know we draft- talk other books on the show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I saw we, DraftKings we, drop yeah, theirs. We could talk, uh, we could talk any book that you find a, a bettable number. You can, you could tell us, but yeah, I've seen DraftKings. If you want to bet the collapse, win. If you want to bet the collapse, it, it, it's the under seven and a half at plus two forty. That's interesting, right? Yeah, I mean, there's there's eight games that we feel are what not like not strong likelihood of wins. South Carolina, Minnesota at Pitt, host Miami, Clemson, NC State at at Clemson at NC State, and then what at Georgia Tech? They lost to Georgia Tech last year at home, so I guess you got to put that in, in the potentially losable category and maybe what you do with Duke. I mean, it's easier to count the games that are, are guaranteed wins. Campbell, probably Virginia, probably App State and and likely Syracuse, I guess at, at, at home. So I, I, I may take a piece of that after this call. I need to run my numbers yeah. to see exactly what I have for, you know, for the under eight, but plus two forty is not terrible there. We're not yeah. live, right? No, no, we're not, we're not live. We'll, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll yeah. hold this off. But, and, and to your point, I mean, you know, it, it's, I've heard, you know, different people that I respect price out half wins. You know, what does that mean to a number? Um, you know, guest of the of the pod, Brad Powers, about a month ago said he he prices a half win at seventy cents. So you know, if you're looking around and you're looking to play some win totals, it, it's the biggest thing. And I and I don't mean to get into a whole dissertation because people listening to this podcast are a regular betters, bud, and they understand. But like. You know, if you're going shopping, I don't know how you are, but I see, you know, a six pack of Modelo is nine ninety nine at one store and ten ninety nine at another. I'm going to get the nine ninety nine. I'm saving my dollar. The same should go for sports betting, especially in the futures market. Don't just be like, ah, you know what? Eight wins, eight and a half wins. What's the difference? That's a massive difference. All right. So Circa has eight. DraftKings has eight and a half. If you want to play under, go play the eight and a half under at DraftKings, and the juice is minus one hundred five. So, yeah, I, I think UNC is an intriguing case to look at the under. 
And, and I'll say this, or I'll ask you this. What do you make at this point of his career in Mac Brown as a head coach? Well, so there, I, I, I said on the Cover 3 show, their recruiting has, has dropped off some. They, they don't seem to have capitalized recruiting-wise on, on having Drake May. So I, I can't see him coaching very much longer there. Honestly, I, I, the, the boosters love him. I know he's done a great job fundraising, and the, they have made a lot of improvements there to that program. If that job opens, it's going to be something that, that a ton of coaches will want to jump at. I, I think the, the quality of name that will be intrigued by that job will be uh, higher than I think the, the public might might think. Just from my conversations with coaches, they, a lot of masks, like, do you think that job will open? I'm like, I don't know. But the fact they're asking tells me they're interested in it. I'm but there's some th- there's some things to like about this team too. It, sure, Devontae Walker, the, the, the Kent State receiver they got, is apparently a stud. Like I I liked him at Kent State, and I, I bet a lot of Kent State the last two years. But um, he had a killer spring for them. They only lose really one guy on the offensive line. They're much deeper along the D line. Like there's some chance that all those D line studs that they they got a couple years ago in high school that they're finally grown up. They did some decent work in the transfer portal, I, I think, in, in, in the secondary. It's not guaranteed that they're just going to fall off. I, I, the, the reason I was intrigued about seven and a half is sort of what what if they don't make the jump, right? Things could get pretty bad. And as you said, I mean, you know, uh, Drake May's a, a Carolina guy. I can't imagine he'd actually quit, but right, uh, that's a lot. That's a lot to put on him. Like he is this team, basically. So we've we've teased it. So let's come through on the tease because I I, I think in Bud. After the top two dogs, I, I think the next, I don't know, four, five, six teams kind of are all jumbled in there. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, UNC's third or Louisville's third or Duke is third. Or, you know, we'll, we'll get to that. But but Louisville, you brought up, and I, I was doubling down on my research last night, and I had to do a double take of their, not of their conference schedule. I'm like, wait, wait, you're telling me Louisville doesn't have to play Clemson? doesn't have to play Florida State. I'm like, how did they get this gift of a conference schedule in year one of Jeff Brom, which we'll get to. So this is their conference schedule. They open up against Georgia Tech on a Friday night in Atlanta. I believe that's at the Mercedes-Benz Dome, if I'm not, if uh, I believe that to be the neutral site uh, location. I believe so. Boston College on September 23rd at NC State on a Friday night, which will not be easy. At Pitt, Pitt coming off a bye, won't be easy. If they're able to get through those, it goes Duke at home off a bye, Virginia Tech, Virginia on a Thursday, and then at Miami. So we don't fully know what Louisville is, but Bud, you can hit on it too. I mean, this is a team very, very busy in the portal. Number 10, according to 24-7 Sports, 25 new players. I'm a big Jeff Brom guy. They bring in Jack Plummer, uh, who has obviously familiarity with with Brahm's system, and, and Brian Brahm is his brother, who is now the OC. I think Louisville is, you know, you, and you've seen the market, right? Uh, they've the the folks who are betting into win totals and people who can influence markets, they were betting over Louisville, and we're up to eight now on their win total. So I don't think it's crazy to say, you know, Louisville based off of just their schedule, they could find a way to sneak into the ACC championship because, you know, that that especially the conference schedule. They have Notre Dame, they have Kentucky, both at home, by the way. 
Um, but the conference schedule is very manageable for Jeff Brom in his first year at Louisville. I, I took some 18 and 15. Yeah. For, for the league. I, I, if this team plays at like a, somewhere between a, like a you know, 45 to 35 type power rating number, they won't make the ACC title game. If, if they're a field goal or, or you know, four or five points better than I'm projecting them to be, then all of a sudden they're favored in all but one conference game, I think. Like if they're playing at a top 25 level, they, they, they could be a road favorite at Pitt. They could be a road favorite at NC State. That Miami game is interesting too, and, and obviously I'm a Florida State grad for undergrad, and uh, – Miami fans will get on me for saying this, but Miami does have a history of kind of quitting down the stretch. So maybe well, not under Crystal Ball, though they did it last year for sure. Uh, well, in, let me some and, games and Bud. Let me jump in there because we're going to get to Miami. But this is the stretch that Louisville ends for Miami in a row at UNC, Clemson, at NC State, at Florida State. So Miami's going through the yeah. ringer leading into that Louisville game. And to your point. Look, you can't avoid what happened last year. They they quit on Mario Cristobal. I don't expect that to happen this year, but I mean that's a for an ACC as you know we've talked about that seems a bit down this year. That's a pretty brutal stretch of five consecutive games essentially to end your season for Miami with Louisville wrapping it up. And and hey, you know if if Miami walks into that game. And I'm not trying to set up the Florida State grad to, you know, get headlines and stuff. But if Miami's seven and four, six and five, how many people showing up to Louisville, Miami at the I was about to say, (laughs) I'm not going to say what what home field advantage number I'm using for that game, but it's sure as hell not three. Uh, So they they don't the fans down there. It's a front running town. It's not it's not a hurricanes problem. Right. They don't go to heat games when, when, when the heat suck. They don't they don't go to Panthers games when the Panthers are bad. Dolphins still kind of get a decent attendance number, typically. But yeah, like that that is not a hostile place to play in you know late November when the when the weather's really nice and there's twenty thousand people in the stands. It's just not. So if Miami's good though, then it's it is actually a, a pretty difficult place to play. I know as a Notre Dame guy, oh yeah, a couple of years ago when the Irish Woo. came into town, they were both highly ranked and that, that place was rocking. So mm-hmm. it's a front running town, not a hurricane fan base, but just the, the town. And I think you kind of have to think, what, what's Miami's record really going to be at that point in the year? We don't know. You know, Bud, big picture on Louisville. I know this is more of a, you know, in the now moment kind of podcast. But if big picture, with Brom coming back home, you know, the 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 sun returning. He's got a, I think he's got a statue outside the stadium, if I remember correctly. I mean, um, and the NIL money that's being pumped into to that program and that university I don't want to say sleeping giant because I, I don't know if they could be a giant, but you know, that stadium can get rocking. Um, we've seen some really good Louisville teams, especially with, you know, especially the Lamar year. Um, do you feel like with Brom back home and the NIL money that's out there, you think Louisville's ceiling's pretty high? I, I think it actually really is as high as a program, especially with Brom because the, their, their boosters will, will play ball. Right. And, and, and care. This year's team, I'm a little bit defensively. There's some things that scare me. Okay, Diaby, Abdullah, and Sonogo had what, like 40 tackles for loss between them, and they're all gone. Like that's a crazy number of, of TFLs to lose from three guys. And I, I know that they returned almost everybody else along the defensive line, 
But those guys, like, go watch the wake game. The three dudes I just mentioned tore wake up. And and I'm not saying that, like, the rest of the defense doesn't have talent. I think they have some level of talent. But how they do on defense with, with pass rush particularly is going to be really important to me because I think this team will score a decent number of points. Do you like Jack Plummer coming in to take over uh, for Cunningham? Um, like maybe strong, but <laughs> the, the hesitation is the all that you have to know. <laughs> like Jeff Rom, uh, Jeff Rom likes him enough, I guess, right? And and he knows the system, so I I have a hard time thinking he'll be terrible. He may not be great. Look, Jeff Brom, if you bet on him as a dog, he's won you some money, man. Uh, you know, his time at Purdue. So he's a guy, he, they're a team that I'm certainly, and and like you said, as a Notre Dame fan, uh, October 7th there in Louisville, uh, that game terrifies me. I, I think Notre Dame is uh, might be susceptible to a, a loss that no one's expecting. And I think Louisville on October 7th, my guess will be that'll probably be a primetime game and that place will be jumping. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, about Louisville. Let's get to Miami, um, and we'll try to rifle through uh, these teams a little quicker. Um, you know, Mario Cristobal, year two, uh, fires his coordinators. So you bring in uh, Shannon Dawson from Houston. Uh, Lance Gidry comes in from Marshall. I actually do like that hire. Uh, but the schedule's tough, man. I mean, non-con game, they get it at home against Texas A&M. Um, I imagine the 12th man will make uh, will make quite the trip to uh, to South Florida. So I don't know how much of a home field advantage that'll be for for the Hurricanes in that particular game. Uh, you know, look, last year was a, an absolute disaster. You know, you lose to to Middle Tennessee State and and lose. I mean, they got their ass kicked by Middle Tennessee State, which is just was stunning. Uh, and the end of the, the season is, is really hard at UNC, Clemson, NC State, Florida State, Louisville. Um, you know, win total seven, seven and a half, depending on, on where you look. You got Van Dyke back, which is certainly promising and a, a Miami team that was very busy in the portal. So um, do we see a jump from, uh, from year one to year two under Mario Cristobal? I, I do think you see a jump. Yeah. Uh, I, I, Cristobal has a track record of building talent level and in our cover for coach rankings, I, I really didn't drop him much and everybody else dropped him a ton based on last year. And, and I understand why they did it, but to me, the reasons he wins remain the same approach that he is is trying to take down there at Miami. It's, it's load the roster up. Nobody's like, yeah, we're going to get Mario Cristobal to have excellent in-game decisions or like everybody loves working for Cristobal. He, he grinds his guys like crazy, but they do recruit well. I think they did a, a decent job in the transfer portal. Uh, a new offensive coaching staff I, that, that clicks together, I think could matter a lot for this football team. And Van Dyke last year just dropped off a cliff and he got hurt at times. I, I don't think he really understood the new offense as well. Something simplifying for him as a guy that, that to me, doesn't read defenses all that well. Uh, and if you can kind of break it down for him real simple, that probably helps. Some concerns. Uh, receiver last year, like when you lose Xavier Restrepo and he only plays a couple hundred snaps, that shouldn't cripple an offense. But at times it did. And so they need other receivers to step up. They, they took a flyer on Tyler Harrell. I, I guess they think like the receivers they have in this room are, are going to improve a lot. Otherwise, they would have gone and taken taken more. Uh, I think the offensive line takes a big step forward, though. Javian Cohen from Alabama, Matthew Lee from UCF are, are two nice gets. They have a true freshman who I think is, is going to be a first-round draft pick someday in Francis Maui Goa. 
and just better health along the offensive line should help. Defensively, I I, I guess we'll see. Uh, you lose what two two NFL draft pick corners, right? In in I, Ivy and Stevenson. Now Francisco Maui Go, who's the brother of of Francis, uh, they got from Washington State. He was their best linebacker this spring. I think that'll help a lot. Linebacker play was poor. They, they need some of these guys on the defensive line to play up to their to their recruiting level, and I think they will probably get that. So Leonard Taylor, Akeem Mesador, uh, they, they still have Jafari Harvey there. They did lose Daryl Jackson to Florida State. I, I know guys at the Miami program thought he was a really talented player. You know, Nigel Lee Kelly's a, a name that in his sophomore season could, could really break out. That was a guy I liked an awful lot out of high school. And they, they took some dudes in the transfer portal who I, I guess we'll see. I mean, Anthony Campbell, Thomas Gore, Branson Dean are you know, potentially helpful players. Thomas Gore was, was pretty productive last year at Georgia state. I, I think they will be better. Like, I don't know that they have a ton of top line talent. Uh, I was talking to David Lake of our excellent Miami site inside the U and, and he basically thought, thought they'd be like a seven or eight win team. So, uh, he's always been, I've known him for a decade, always been a real honest guy and, and not afraid to say what he thinks about their football team. So I, I guess they could get in the AC championship game if things go right, but I don't know that they have like 11, 12 win potential, obviously, even if things do go right. Cause there's some positions where I just don't see difference makers. Yeah. And, and the schedule, you know, you get yeah. UNC, you get Clemson, you get NC state on the road, you get Florida state and you get Louisville, which, you know, as we talked about that, that's not going to be a, a walk in the park there at the end of November. Um, NC State, um, <laughs> I was listening to a, a podcast yesterday that said, man, if you're an NC State season ticket holder, you know, congrats because you get Notre Dame, Clemson, Miami, Drake May. You get all these guys that come to Carter-Finley uh, this year. And the, the travel this year for NC State, you know, it's it's pretty nice. The, the biggest trip they have is a, an opener to the rent. You know, which, uh, you know, hey, UConn and the, under the lights, baby, fresh off of a bowl season. You don't want to mess with the Huskies all that much. But, um, you know, all kidding aside, NC State comes into this year, win total six and a half or seven, depending on where you look, six and a half at DraftKings, seven at Circa. Um, Robert Anai comes in to take over the offense, and Brendan Armstrong is uh, is now the quarterback. And, you know, <laughs> I grew up. Uh, in the DC area going to Catholic schools, this might be a bit inside the beltway, but it feels like uh, ACC quarterbacks are kind of like kids dating history in, in uh, what I grew up, which is just everyone dates each other's buddies, like (laughs) ex-girlfriends, you know, it's like, Oh, Brendan Armstrong from UVA to NC state. And, you know, uh, Sam Hartman goes from wake to Notre Dame and Phil Jerkovic goes from Boston college to Pitt. It's like, yeah, they didn't leave the conference. They just kind of all moved around and, you know, dating some different exes. But, you know, if we can get, and it's a big if, if we can get Brennan Armstrong from circa 2021 to replicate what he did at UVA, man, this, this could be a pretty exciting team there, especially with Notre Dame, Louisville, Clemson, Miami, North Carolina, all going to NC state. So you know the schedule is 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 has some challenges, no doubt, bud. But but it also a lot of them are at home, which is which is a nice you know luxury to have. Your road games this year at UConn, at Virginia, at Duke, at Wake, at Virginia Tech, uh, all winnable games for the Wolfpack. So 
you know, it's interesting to look at the difference, right? DraftKings 18 to 1 to win the ACC, circa plus 1150, which I think kind of makes you raise an eyebrow like, huh, interesting to see that big of a difference uh, in, in books. Um, you know, how do you look at NC State this year uh, in what, it, as crazy as it sounds, year 11 for Dave Dorn down there? Wow, is it really? That, that, yeah. So D- Dave Dorn does a tremendous job, I think, of, of player development, and they're rarely bad along the lines of scrimmage. You, you can basically just bank on them, okay, unless I hear different from, you know, from, from uh, Corey Smith of, of our NC State site, I generally think, okay, they're going to be pretty damn good along the lines of scrimmage. And I think this year will be no different for those guys. Armstrong, is he going to be as good as he was in 2021? I sort of doubt it. But also, I'm not trying to be mean, and and obviously, like, like the shooting was tragic. I have no faith in what, what Tony Elliott is doing at, at Virginia on offense. Like, none. I, I, I don't get the hires that he made there. Obviously, there's some people that think what they were doing at Clemson offensively doesn't make a lot of sense either. So getting Armstrong out of that mess is probably great for Armstrong. And if he's healthy and looks good, I think he could have a, a big-time bounce-back year. I like what they have at running back, right, with with Al, Allen and Houston. I think those are, are, are good backs to have. Um, and if Armstrong doesn't work out, I mean, they they kept a kid named M.J. Morris, who I know a lot of schools uh, had interest in this offseason if he were to jump in the transfer portal. Uh, my, my concern is that receiver, right? So they lose Thayer Thomas, who is a, a real kind of, you know, nice blanket to have, make quarterback feel good. They lose Daryl Jones. They, they lose Devin Carter. They've taken some guys at, at, at transfers, but in doing the summer school series, I, I talked to Corey Smith, and, and receiver was was the big-time question for those guys. If they hit on receiver, they are a team that, in theory, could make it to the title game, right? Because, yes, you have to play some of, some of those better teams, but also you would have the head-to-head with some of those better teams if you play you know, somewhat above your level. I but receiver scares me. You are counting on a big-time drop back for Armstrong reuniting with, with Robert and I, the offensive coordinator there since Tim Beck left to go be the coach at Coastal. And I have some questions, honestly, at, at linebacker. Like losing Drake Thomas and Isaiah Moore were two of the better uh, you know, linebackers in the ACC last year. But they get Peyton Wilson back. He, I think he's a very good player. And they generally have good linebackers. And I would expect that to be the case again this year. Like, I'm not selling on this team at, at current numbers. I haven't bought yet, but I, I definitely am in no mood to sell this. But you mentioned a team that's getting a lot of uh, a lot of buzz, and uh, maybe not not buzz a national championship, but buzz that hey they're gonna be good, and that's Duke. Um, and let's get to the Blue Devils because I, I hate saying this because they kind of feel like a little Kansas to me in this regard. Kansas last year blew past their win total by week like two, right? I think their win total is like. I think it was two, and they ended up with six wins. They went to bowl a bowl game, and it was a great Liberty Bowl. They ultimately lost. Duke, interestingly enough, actually played Kansas and lost to them. Um, they had eight wins last year, and then went to a bowl game against what I thought to be kind of an uninterested UCF team at the Military Bowl, and they ran them off the floor and or field. And you know that's why bowl games are fun to bet because you can kind of play a little psychologist and figure out which team is motivated and which team probably isn't. And uh, Duke certainly was the motivated team. They bring back 18 starters. Mike Elko, from everything that I've seen, is a pretty darn good coach. They have one of the best quarterbacks in uh, in the conference there in Riley Leonard. But let me point this out. 
They played four teams with winning records last year. They had a plus 16 turnover margin. And this year, they play eight teams that went to a bowl last year. They play Clemson, Notre Dame, NC State, Florida State, Louisville, Wake Forest, UNC. And then they close against Pittsburgh. So it feels like a little too much love for a team that I think preseason win total last year, Bud, was three. And if you could have bet that, that's the most rocking chair of rocking chair season win total bets. Now it's up at six and a half. Have we have we uh, corrected too much for the Blue Devils? I think so. Yeah, I mean, and, and I've like I, I I've seen what Bill Connolly has them at. I've seen what FPI has them at. I'm I'm like somewhat higher than that on them. Just be, I, I I think that some of what was happening in 2021 is still baked in to, to these these three year averages. And I, I obviously using three year averages on. on on average, uh, will yield pretty good results. But there are certain years, uh, some of these COVID teams in 20, for instance, uh, or like Duke in 21, where I think you need to kind of devalue it, honestly. And, and if you put a better number on 21, maybe use their talent score more than than their actual on-field performance score, I think you come out with a higher number on Duke than you otherwise would get. Uh, and the reason I do that is because Somebody I trust told me that he thought that Cutcliffe was sort of switching up some of the coaching duties of his staff in 21 in order to give them like better titles and give them a better shot of getting hired elsewhere. So maybe some of these guys were coached, like, you know, players play out of position. Maybe some coaches in 21 were sort of sort of coaching out of position. And the, the cliff that they dropped off was just crazy. Like, like the, the bounce back they had last year to play as a legitimate top half of college football team. I, I think they can play like that again. The problem is, like like you said, that bowl game, UCF had guys that were actively taking transfer portal visits. Right? <laughs> one, one team wanted to play. The other team, I, I really don't don't think did. Uh, so I, I would use their pre-bowl number, honestly, uh, if, if I'm using a starting point off last year, and then probably adjust off that. Riley Leonard has been getting a ton of, of draft you know draft helium, which, which makes some sense. I like what they have at receiver. I think Kevin Johns is a stud. Like that guy's going to be a head coach someday. Offensive line depth is a major concern of mine here. Uh, they they took some transfers that, that came in in the spring, who have already left that they didn't work out. D line should be much better. Uh, secondary, I'm I'm not real sold on, but Elko has been a, a good defensive coach for a long time, so maybe he can figure something out. But I, I I'm not in a rush to play you know six and a half seven here uh, to the over certainly. Um. All right, final team that we'll kind of go in-depth on, then we'll just do a quick hitter because we've gone for a long time, and I appreciate it with you, bud. But let's get to Pitt. Uh, kind of the opposite of Duke uh, in this regard, where Duke was buy low last year and now maybe sell high. Could you argue Pitt is buy low this year? Their win total last year, fresh off of their Peach Bowl, uh, lost to Michigan State in ACC title, was 9.5. They didn't get anywhere close to it, but they actually, especially in that Sun Bowl, you're like, wow, all right. You know, this is a team that was a, you know, touchdown underdog to UCLA, and, and they went into El Paso, and what was it? I think Dorian Thompson-Robinson is still turning the ball over in that game. Um, and they beat them. Uh, and that was a ranked UCLA team. They get Phil Jerkovic, you know, from Boston College. Very good 2020. The COVID season, he was good. If I'm, I'm trying to remember my years. 2021, he was pretty good. 2022, he was injured. Offensive line was a disaster at BC. 
Um, and now he gets reunited with Kurt Signetti, who he was pretty solid under. Um, you know, th- look, they they lost a lot on the defensive side. They lost a first-round pick in, in Kalijah Kansi. But, you know, as much as I want to knock Pat Narduzzi, and I do enjoy knocking Pat Narduzzi, um, he does figure it out defensively, that's for sure. So at six and a half wins at DraftKings, is this a, is this a buy-low candidate in 2023? I, I think there is potential to buy low on, on, on Pitt in 23. Uh, Narduzzi's a guy, like, I don't like betting him as a favorite because some of his, like, low red zone field goal decisions and, and just the, the way he manages games are, are not are not great uh, at, at times. And knowing you, when you mean kick it from or, the one-yard line against Penn State and hitting off the upright however many years ago that was? <laughs> That's certainly one. Uh, d- definitely a guy that, that likes the putt from the 36 at times. Uh, but player development, culture, Consistent effort from this team are, are are things that, like the analytics, I'm sure, like they they capture them in totality. But if you had to break it out, I think it'd be difficult to measure. Like I, when I watch Pitt, that's a team that plays hard for Narduzzi every week, and I think Charlie Partridge, his defensive line coach, is probably the best defensive line coach in the country at identifying guys who who we rate as three stars and who finding a way to get them drafted. I mean, like it's just consistent. The guy knows what he's doing. He's going to need to do it again this year because they, they lose Baldonado, they lose they lose Alexandre, they, they lose they lose uh, Kalaja Kansi. They also lose John Morgan uh, to a transfer to Arkansas. I'm not going to tell you he would not have started, but I do think that, that there were some guys kind of you know, nipping at his heels for playing time, and he may have seen the writing on the wall. Like they lose they lose Travassier Dennis, who was a very good backer in the ACC, and they they lose you know two stud safeties in, in Brandon Hill and Eric Hallett, and so. Defensively, I will say they have time to get things figured out for the most part. So not from a winning the ACC perspective, but from a going over six and a half, seven. Uh, what's sorry? Let me pull six and a half. Here. Six and a half is DraftKings uh, juice to the over and then juice to the under at circa seven minus 120. I mean, for, for purposes of that of that number, though. Wofford, Cincinnati, West Virginia, I think all will have bad offenses this year. Now, North Carolina will not have a bad offense. That, that That's in week four. So you got about three weeks to get right for Drake May to come to town. And in Virginia Tech, I, I would project to have a poor offense again. So through the month of September, out of your first five ball games, you got four games where I would expect Pitt's defense to to find a way to, to hold those, those poor offenses down. And, and maybe, maybe North Carolina lights them up. They had better get right, though, because Louisville next – at Wake, and I know Wake feels very good about their quarterback situation, even with Sam Hartman leaving. Uh, at Notre Dame, Florida State hosts Syracuse. Host Boston, or Syracuse is actually in New York the this Yankee year. Stadium, yeah. the Yankee Stadium game. Uh, host Boston College, and then at Duke, which is not a particularly intimidating place to play there at you know in, in, in Durham. At the end of the year, I, I could see this team going over. Um, Djokovic's a, a big, tough dude. You know, receiver-wise, like losing Jared Wayne hurts, but I, I think they'll be okay with, with, with Mumfield and Means. Um, Avocado was a really good pack, but they they typically have good backs, and they do return you know three good players on the offensive line. So, I, yeah, I, I think that they're probably a little bit better than people think. Uh, somewhat of a step back from last year. I, I don't think they're going to win nine ballgames again, but I, I could see them winning seven or eight, yeah. All right, we'll close on this, bud. Rapid fire, six teams we haven't hit on. Wake Forest, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, Boston College, Georgia Tech, and UVA. Give me one of those six that you're like, eh, you know, shrug of the shoulders. You know, hey, maybe I'll, 
this milk seems fine. I'll throw it in my coffee still. And another like, no, 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 no. Get away from me. Uh, the, the no is definitely Virginia. I just, the, <laughs> I, I, I don't think that they know what they're doing on offense. Um, some of those hires that, that, that he made there are just, to me, they're, they're not worthy of, of division one. Um, somebody at the bottom of this league has to win some ball games. And I think it, like, I'm not going to pick Virginia tech because from what I gather, I don't think they hit on their quarterback transfer that they took. So they're going to have to run it back with, with Grant Wells, who I don't have a lot of confidence in Georgia tech, I think upgraded their receiving core a lot and but they also lost a lot of good guys on defense to the portal. I could see Georgia Tech maybe if things break exactly right for them, maybe make it a bowl. Am I missing somebody here at, at the bottom of this, this list? Boston College just if, if they get decent health could be could be much better than people think. Like last year, they were actively using defensive linemen in the middle of the season to play offensive line. That, that, that's how bad it was with all the injury stuff they had. So I I guess Georgia Tech or, or Boston College there, uh, n- not the Virginia schools. <laughs> Uh, by the way, I, I just I need to pull it up real quick because am I missing something? Syracuse's win total is six and a half. Do they do they play like Wagner four times in the non-con or something like that? Is that what's uh, leading to this win total? Syracuse Syracuse is a team I actually want to bet, but I'm going to wait until the conference only win totals come out. Okay, um, like I've looked at this quite a bit. They get Colgate, they get Western Michigan, which loses a, an absolute ton. Yep, they get Purdue and they get army and i'm not totally sure on how i feel about purdue and army's not a lock i do want to bet them for their conference win total but that number is not out yet so i'm not going to tip my hand as to what i make their conference win total but i i i will be my guess here just trying to back out the the power ratings and stuff if you kind of just you know use market power ratings from from their the season win totals i have a feeling that that uh I'll have a play on, on Syracuse in conference conference win totals. But I kept you long, man. This was awesome. Love chopping it up with you. Uh, continued phenomenal work over at uh, at CBS and the Cover 3 podcast. Much appreciated, man. And we'll talk as the season goes on, I'm sure. Damn it. Really enjoyed it. Thanks again to Bud Elliott. Really great stuff. Love chatting college football with Bud Elliott. You can follow him on Twitter and on Instagram at Bud Elliott3. Make sure you check out the Cover 3 podcast. The summer school editions are just phenomenal to get you ready for the college football season, give you some insight on which way to maybe look at some win totals, and and hopefully uh, our breakdowns there swayed you one way or the other on uh, on some win totals. Uh, I might have to take a look, a long look and ha- hard at, uh, at UVA under three and a half wins. Not an official play, but uh, just going to take a look at that. Once again, special edition of the pod coming out later this week, a in-depth look at Notre Dame, who is kind of a quasi-member of the ACC. Rate, review, and subscribe. Let's keep it rolling here in the summer months. And uh, we will talk to you later this week with a special edition of the VSIN College Football Betting Podcast. See you, folks. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 
21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.